All right, let's get into the message for today. I'm going to finish the series I started a few weeks ago entitled Perfect Peace. Again, the statements that Jesus made in the Word of God concerning peace, they still stand even in 2020. His promises still stand. It's still true that Jesus made the statement, that, uh, and it's recorded in John 14 and 27. He said, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. So he says, and then he goes on and tells us, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Letting, not letting our hearts be troubled or to be afraid. Amplified. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. It's been a crazy year. It's been a crazy season. A lot of things have happened, are happening, continue to happen. But that's life. Jesus told us that in this world, in John 16, 33, Jesus made the statement and he, and he told us these things that in him we might have peace. So that's a heads up right there. When Jesus begins something, he's saying, I'm telling you this, that in me, that when this happens, that in me you're going to have peace. Meaning that apart from him, when these things happen, it's not going to be very peaceful. It'll be very unsettling. We'll become agitated. We'll become disturbed. Our hearts will become fearful. So Jesus made the statement that, uh, that uh, in the world we're going to have tests and trials. We're going to have tribulations. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So he has already overcome the world and knowing that and believing that and knowing that we are in him, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory, that we also have overcome the world with him. So his promises of peace being left with us, not as the world gives peace, but as only he can give. The apostle Paul opened his letter to the church at Ephesus, he said, grace and peace to you from God, our father and our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. Grace and peace to you from, everyone say, from our God. So the, sort, the very source of peace is God. He is the Prince of Peace. He is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord God, our peace. And so we want to continue to rest in the confidence that he is for us, that he's not against us, and that we can take great refuge in knowing that uh, we can function in a spirit of peace, with a heart that's settled in, the, in, in peace, and that we're not all anxious, that we're not all uh, just uh, being agitated or, or disturbed, but that we can actually walk in the shalom of God. It's a Hebrew word in the Old Testament for peace. is shalom, meaning that we can walk in the wholeness of God. We can walk in completeness. We can walk in, in the security of God, the well-being of the total person. That's what the word shalom means. It can mean prosperity. It can mean absence of war. And it can also mean peace in the middle of war. And so it's a wonderful, wonderful blessing that God has given us that shalom, that we have that calm inner stability, even in chaotic times and even in seasons such as we've experienced this year in, in the year of 2020. The New Testament talks about peace as referring more to an inner tranquility of the Christian whose trust is in God through our faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. So I want to wrap this series up today on entitled Perfect Peace, and we're going to look at the partnership of prayer and peace. And so I want to invite you to turn to the book of Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to share a few verses from chapter 4 and talk about the partnership of prayer and peace. 
In Philippians chapter four, beginning in verse four, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. In verse six, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. It's talking about our prayer, communicating with God. Let your gentleness be known. The Lord is at hand. In verse six, and be anxious for nothing, but in everything. I'm gonna say, in everything. That means that in, in everything, that doesn't mean some things you can handle on your own and just the things that really stress you out, you go to God on those things. No, in everything, let your requests be made known. In everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Then verse seven says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, there's a peace that God has made available to us as the believer, as those who put our trust and our confidence in him. There is a peace that's available to us unlike anything the world has to offer. And it's a peace that surpasses. Everyone say surpasses. That, mean it go, that means it goes beyond your comprehension. There are times and seasons in our lives when things happen. Things don't go the way we thought they were going to go or the way we wish they would go, the way we were hoping they would go. But regardless of what's happening around us externally in this world that we're living in, where we're having, we're being, uh, there are tests and there are trials, there is tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. There is a peace that surpasses our comprehension. It's beyond what my mind can comprehend. So you think, well, I just can't comprehend that. Well, peace goes beyond that. How could this happen? Peace goes beyond that. How are these people doing so well? It's a peace that goes beyond what you can comprehend, how they're doing so well considering the circumstances that they're in. That's a promise of God's word. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus, the very source of peace. He'll guard your heart and he'll guard your mind with a peace that surpasses all understanding. That's why Jesus was able to make the proclamation. He said, uh, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I'm giving you a peace, not unlike the world is offering you. The world offers, has many uh, things that they wanna offer us for peace. They're all very temporary and they have some effect to them, but they're not lasting. But the peace that Jesus offers us is the peace of God that surpasses all your comprehension. No matter how bright you may think you are, what your IQ may be, and I'm, you know, we, we are, you are a very intelligent people. I can see that by looking into your eyes. But there's a peace that goes beyond your intelligence. There's a peace that goes beyond your ability to figure it out. That's why we put our trust and our faith and our confidence in Almighty God. It's a supernatural peace. The shalom of God, the completeness, the wholeness, the well-being of the total person. So our responsibility here is, is, to, is to always... 
be mindful that the Lord is at hand. And in verse five says, the Lord is at hand. In verse six, be anxious for nothing. And talk to, you know, then uh, through your prayers with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Talk to God about it. You have heart's desires. You have requests. You're not bothersome to God. You're not bothersome to him. I remember as a child growing up, I felt like I had to, you know, approach mom or dad at the right time because, you know, I felt like I was being bothersome. That's not anything negative towards my mom and dad. It's probably because I had 15 siblings. And so I probably was bothersome. (laughs) I'm sure they felt like we were all bothersome at different uh, seasons in life. But nonetheless, God is not like that. We're not bothersome to him. So we are to let our requests be made known unto him. And his peace, his peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus, meaning you can live in a realm of being at perfect peace in God, with God, because he is the very source of peace. Then in verse 8, this ties in with prayer, letting your requests be made known. Verse 8 is a, is, is a verse that is, is talking about our mind, what we are to be thinking on. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So here's what our mind is to be thinking on. It's to be thinking on things that are true, things that are noble, things that are just, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are of good report. If there's any virtue in it, if it's praiseworthy, meditate on it, think on it. Meaning that if it is not true, that if it is uh, not pure, if it's not lovely, if it's not a good report, if there's no virtue, and it's not praiseworthy, don't be meditating on it. Don't be losing your joy and don't be losing your peace by thinking on things that you, that you ought not to be thinking on. Say, well, I don't know what to think on. Can I, you know, I, these thoughts just come to me. Yes, the thoughts do come to you, but you, you have authority over them and you have control over them and you can decide if you're gonna meditate on it or if you're not gonna meditate on it. So some things you need to dismiss them, say, no, I'm not going to think on that. I'm going to think on the things that are pure, the things that are lovely, the things that are praiseworthy. So it's a great season of the year, Thanksgiving week. So it's a great week to think about all the things that you're thankful for. All the things that you're thankful for. We've made a lot of comments. I make comments different times. I said it this morning. It's been a crazy year. But in the midst of a crazy year, there is much to be thankful for. Amen. Much to be thankful for. It's a beautiful blue sky today, the sun's shining, the air we breathe, the health that we have, the friends that we have. So it's much to be thankful for. God is faithful to us. <clears throat> then in verse 9, we're talking about the, the place of, uh, the, and the partnership of prayer and peace. Verse 9 says, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. So I want to share that with you. I want, I want to encourage you to make that a, uh, 
some of your uh, Devo time. Those are verses you can just read over and over again and, and ponder them and think about those. But I also want to want you, I'm inviting you to turn to First uh, Timothy. First Timothy chapter two, and we're gonna look at several verses in there on the subject of prayer and how prayer has, and the partnership of prayer and having a peaceful atmosphere wherein we are experiencing peace, but not only internally we're having peace, but that we can have a, a, a peaceful atmosphere around us. So in First Timothy chapter two, beginning at verse one, says, therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercession, of, and giving of thanks be made for all men. You notice the word thanks is in there again. We saw that in Philippians. So giving thanks to God, is, it's coupled together with our prayer and our putting our petitions before Almighty God, doing so with a thankful heart. Then in verse two, it says, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Now, for those of you that were here last Sunday or you, you, uh, you participated online, and if you haven't, I encourage you to go back and listen to it, but I ministered from Ephesians chapter two last week, and we noticed how Jesus Christ tore down the, 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 the middle wall of hostility, he tore down the wall of hostility between humanity and God and between Jew and Gentile, and, and, and thus making peace between the two. So the middle wall of hostility having been broken down through Jesus Christ. This is similar language here that when we pray for those who are in authority that we might lead a, a quiet and a peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Then verse five reminding us that there's one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So let's camp here for a little bit and let's talk about the partnership of prayer and peace. When you read the, the scriptures, and especially I'm thinking of, of New Testament at the moment, certainly there's plenty in the Old Testament as well, but throughout the New Testament, there are various appeals for prayer. There's, uh, we have the Ephesians chapter six, the armor of God, talking about how we are uh, to be praying with all manner of prayer, praying in the spirit with all manner of prayer, being fully dressed in the full armor of God. We're to pray for one another. We're to carry one another's burdens. There are prayers uh, in the gospels that have to do with a praying for others for, to receive their healing, for people to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, for, for salvation. They are, there are prayers recorded in the Word of God in the New Testament for boldness to proclaim the gospel at a time when uh, they were told to no longer proclaim the gospel in the name of Jesus, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Uh, the disciples got together and they didn't pray against those in authority, but they prayed for a greater boldness to be even bolder in this at, in this place of adversity that they might preach the gospel. And so there's uh, just all types of uh, examples of, of prayer for healing, for boldness, and, and, and for in preaching the word. But in this particular request right here in 1 Timothy chapter 2, this request is uniquely for people in authority. 
Now, I know it, it begins by saying, I, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving thanks be made for all men. That's all people, all individuals. Then it goes right into for kings and all who are in authority. So in verse 2, it's uniquely here for people in positions of authority. So the lesson that I think we can draw from this is that we are not merely to pray for the gospel. We're not to pray for the gospel or for God's power on behalf of ministers, which we often do. I appreciate your prayers for me. The apostle Paul also thanked God that they prayed for him, that he would have a boldness to proclaim the gospel. That is certainly appropriate. But in this particular reference right here, Paul in writing to Timothy said, make sure you're praying for those that are in positions of authority over you, the very officials whose decisions, the very people who have authority to make decisions that can affect the environment in which the gospel is to operate in. Now, if you don't shape it up, I'm going to go to my online audience here real soon. We are to pray and to intercede for those in positions of authority over us, the, the very people that have the authority to make decisions that can affect the environment in which the gospel is to function, to operate in. In, in, in the environment that I'm living in, the environment that you are living in. In, in. For those of us citizens of the United States of America, we pray for those in positions of authority over us because this is the environment that we're living in. If you're living in another country, you pray for those in, in positions of authority wherever it is that you're living. And it's a responsibility we have and it is related to the to the. To the to the degree of peace that we are going to find ourselves functioning in. I'm reminded of the story in Acts. I think I just made, uh, alluded to it just a few moments ago, but in Acts chapter four, when, when the disciples were, were uh, arrested and then they were released with the condition that they no longer preach nor teach in the name of Jesus. They went to their companions and their companions prayed. They prayed together with their companions, men and women of like-minded faith. And, and you would think that they would have prayed, oh God, just remove those people that are decreeing that we are not allowed to preach in the name of Jesus. Just get rid of them and get some people in there that agree with us. Or that I agree with them. You'd think that's what they prayed. But here's what they prayed. Lord, grant us boldness to proclaim the word in spite of what the authorities are saying. Give us a greater boldness to stay true to you and not to cower. Stay true to the gospel. Stay true to God. Keep your faith in him. Keep your confidence in him. And they continued preaching and teaching boldly in the name of Jesus. And you follow that from Acts chapter 3 into chapter 4. When, you know, Acts 3, we have the miracle, the lame man led into the, the teaching and the preaching in Jesus' name, which led to the arrest. And then after the arrest, they had the prayer meeting. They prayed for boldness and they began to preach and proclaim the gospel with a greater boldness. You get into Acts chapter 5, multitudes 
Everyone say multitudes. Multitudes were added to the church. People were being healed and delivered of all kinds of demonic oppression. And and the Lord was adding to the church as a result of the prayer for a greater boldness to stand up for God and to proclaim the gospel in spite of who's in authority, but as a result of prayer and to pray for those that are in positions of authority over us, whether you voted for them or not, you like them or not, we are called to pray for those in positions of authority over us. Is it easier when it's someone you like? Sure, it's easier. It's always easier to pray for people that are your friends and that you like. You pray for your loved ones much more than you pray for other people. It's just natural. It flows. There's no resistance to that. I'm, I'm you know, I, 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 you know, I love this person. I'm going to pray for this person. But what about when it's someone that you don't love? Well, Pastor Ray, I'm a Christian and I love all people. Oh, I didn't notice that. <laughs> And why do you need to tell me that? Shouldn't it be obvious? I'm starting to feel much safer talking to a camera. When this whole thing, <laughs> when this started a few months ago, I was very uncomfortable speaking to the camera, but I'm starting to like it a lot right now because I can see your smile. I can, I can hear you shouting hallelujah. Preach it, Pastor Ray. <laughs> Seriously. Praying for those in positions of authority over us. There's several lessons that we can learn here, but primarily we're talking about the relationship, the relationship and the partnership of prayer and the degree of peace that you are experiencing in your life. We are to intercede for those in positions. The, The definition of intercession, to intercede from Webster's Dictionary is to act between two parties with a view to reconcile or to contend. Jesus tore down the middle wall of hostility. He tore, that, he tore down that wall, and it's our responsibility as followers of God to be representing God here on the earth. When Jesus came to the earth, he came to represent God to humanity and humanity to God. Jesus did his job. He went to the cross. He was crucified. He was buried. On the third day, God raised him again to newness of life. And then he ascended into heaven to be seated at the right hand of God to ever make intercession for the saints. That intercession that he is ever making for the saints, for many years, I thought he's up there just praying and praying and praying and praying for everyone. He has his prayer list and he's going through the names and through the names and through the names and it's just endlessly praying and praying and praying. Then I discovered that, yes, he is making intercession for the saints, but it's not a prayer that he's praying. It's a work that he did at Calvary's cross. And now the very fact that he's seated at the right hand of God, he is not interceding on your your behalf in in a sense of a prayer. He has interceded on your behalf through the work of Calvary. And now his intercessory work is, is, is representing you to God, the father as the righteousness of God. And God hears your prayer and he answers your prayer because Jesus Christ is representing you. Amen. Amen. And in that representation ministry, Jesus also has given us the ministry of reconciliation. The greatest act of his intercession was it, 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 probably the single best scripture to define us in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 was that he who knew no sin became sin for us that we who knew no righteousness might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 
That was his reconciling work that he did. That was his intercessory work that he did. Now, he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And we are only going to reconcile as we intercede, as we contend together to reconcile to opposing parties. So we have that ministry of reconciliation. It's our job to be praying and to interceding. Our prayers are decisive. As, and as the church of Jesus Christ, we are called to exercise our privilege and the role as intercessing, believing God's promises, speaking God's promises, and praying in a spirit of faith that we might see social peace and social justice and spiritual uh, opportunity manifest throughout our sphere of influence and, and, and also throughout the world. As intercessors, as intercessors, we are to intercede and pray for those, first and foremost, those in positions of authority over us. But here's the deal. When you pray for those in positions of authority over us in our situation, be our president, our vice president, Congress, Senate, Supreme Court justices on a state level, be our governors and our representatives and local mayors and anyone that's in a position of authority over us. But here's the deal when you're praying for people in authority over you and anyone else that you intercede for. Here's the deal. Are you ready? Are you really ready? All right, come back next week and I'll give it to you. <laughs> All right, here we go. We are called by God. We are called to pray by God's directive. Not based on whether we agree with their viewpoints because our prayers will bring about a difference in the climate, in the climate of our culture. Our prayers are called for in order that we might lead a quiet and a peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. When we go into intercessory prayer, whether it be for a loved one or for someone in positions of authority over us, we are never to go into prayer with the idea of this is how this person's life should go. This is a decision this person should make, and I'm going to intercede that they make it. That sounds a little bit controlling to me, does it not? What's the Bible word for that when you start controlling people? Is it, it starts with a W? <laughs> you know what it is. You don't want to be controlling people. You do not want to get into that realm of, well, I'm going to manipulate this situation through my intercessory prayer. When you go into intercessory prayer, you go in it with a pure heart. And you pray, Lord, your will be done. Not my will, but your will. And then you intercede and you pray in the spirit. And it's very, very helpful to pray in the spirit by being able to and willing to pray in the spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. But our prayer is never, we never go into the idea, this is the way the situation needs to go and I'm gonna pray that it goes that way. No, God, this person is yours. This is, this is our government. This is, these are the people that are in positions of authority over you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to lift them up to you. I'm believing, Lord God, that you have, the, you have 
the kingdom of God's best interest at heart. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I'm gonna pray in Jesus' name, name above all names, that your will be done in this person's life, in this person of authority, in this friend, in this family member, whoever it is I'm praying for, I'm not manipulating, I'm not controlling their life. I'm praying because God said to pray. Amen? Don't get caught up in all kinds of other weird controlling stuff. You, you, you're, you're better than that. You're going to walk in the love of God. You're going to function in the love of God. And as a result of it, you're going to experience a peace that surpasses all understanding. It's going to rule and reign. Our prayers are called for that we might live a life, lead a quiet and peaceable life God, in godliness and in reverence. This is both in the social realm and in the spiritual realm, in our spheres of influence. There, there is a... a, a Another reason for getting into this prayer and experiencing the peace of God, and it's because the scriptures simply tell us right here, it says, this is good. It's not punitive. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. I believe that as we take our rightful posture in prayer and experience the peace of God and we intercede appropriately for those that are in positions of authority over us, it will create, it will open up an opportunity for peace to dominate even in the middle of chaos. It'll make an opportunity for peace to guard my, to my, my mind and my heart even in troubled times. And it will create an atmosphere of peace that will be very attractive to those who do not yet know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. It'll be an attraction and it will draw people. And when we get our posture right, a posture of prayer and create an atmosphere of peace and tranquility and wholeness. I believe that that atmosphere itself is pleasing to God who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Let's keep the main thing, the main thing in our hearts. As a born again child of God, the main thing is that you are to be a worshiper of God. You're to follow him, to be led by the Holy Spirit, and to continue to pray that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray with pure hearts, and let's experience the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Amen. I have the distinct privilege of having a very faithful friend, Daniel Mantu. Would you come on over up here? Daniel and I get together most every Saturday when uh, if both of us are in town we'll get, end up getting together on a Saturday morning around 11 o'clock to pray and I asked Daniel to just uh, lead us to close us out here with a, a prayer uh, along the lines of what I just spoke of here for those in positions of authority over us how you would pray in that situation yeah. amen amen praise the Lord amen. thank you Pastor Ray amen it's always an honor to be here and uh just like Pastor Ray said, we've always been praying for you, praying for the church, that God's will will be done. Amen. And you uh, said something that I really like, that there is a peace that surpasses all understanding. Mm -hmm. There is a peace that surpasses all understanding. Shall we all be on our feet? We are going to pray. Uh, the Bible said that <coughs> when the disciples were in the boat with Jesus. Jesus was in the stand. And then all of a sudden there was a storm. There may be a storm in our country, a storm in our homes, financial storms, health storms, 
virus, storms. But Jesus says something. He said, peace. Peace. Be still. And uh, I want you to know that you and I, we are a powerhouse. And whenever we pray, God listens. When we pray, the enemy trembles. And so we are going to declare that peace, be still. Be still in our country, be still in our government, be still on our leaders, be still in our homes, be still in our finances. Peace, be still. Amen. Because mm -hmm. there is this peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen. So we are going to take three minutes, only three minutes to pray. First of all, we are going to pray that the peace of God will be still in our country. It will be still in our government. It will be still on the leaders, the president, the vice presidents, um, both uh, one in power and both ones uh, elected. We are praying for the peace of God to be over them, uh, over Congress. We are praying that the peace of God will be over our country, uh, that uh, this virus will supernaturally go away. In Jesus' name. Amen. Peace. Shall we all lift our voices and begin to pray? <clears throat> thank you, Just Lord. Just lift your voice. Father, we thank, thank you, Jesus. you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we lift our voice as one people, yes, Lord God. Lord. And we say, peace, be still. Peace, peace be still. Be still. Mm -hmm. Peace, be Thank still. You, Jesus. Wherever there is storm, we declare peace. Thank oh, you, Jesus. Peace in the name of Jesus. Peace over our nation. Peace over our government. Mm -hmm. Peace over our leaders. In the name of Jesus, you, Jesus. Christ. Mm -hmm. Your word says that there is a peace. That surpasses all understanding. Mm -hmm. So we call upon that peace of God, the peace that is pure, the peace that is that that is that is truthful, the peace that is faithful. We call upon that peace over our nation in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. We call for peace over our government in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We call for peace over our presidents and the vice president, Father, both ones in power and those who have been elected, oh God. Your peace over Congress, oh God. Your peace over our states, oh God. States governance, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Your peace, oh God. Your peace. Mm -hmm. Your Thank peace. You, Thank you, Jesus Lord. Jesus said that, peace, be still. Mm -hmm. We call for peace. Now we are going to continue in prayer. And this time we are going to pray that peace, will be still in our homes. With this uh, uh, quarantine, you, there's been so much turmoil in different homes, uh, different situations and conditions. We want to pray that the peace of God will rule and reign in our homes, will rule and reign in our finances, the peace of God. Shall we all lift our voice and begin to pray for the peace of God in Thank our you, homes Jesus. in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In the name mm -hmm. of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank Father, you, Jesus. we pray for your peace, O God. Your peace that surpasses all understanding, O God. To Father, rule and reign in our homes, in our marriages, in our finances, in our health, in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your peace, O God, rule. Let your peace, O oh God, be still mm -hmm. in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I want you all to agree with me as I lift my voice to pray uh, that the peace of God will be still in our lives. Mm -hmm. Shall we all lift our hands? Our Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. Lord, we thank you and we bless you, O God. Thank you, Lord. We know that you are the Prince of Peace. Yes. And the Father, your word says that the peace that you give, it is not the kind that the world gives. But the, the one that you give is, Lord, peaceable. The one that you give, there is wisdom embedded in it. The one that you give, there is healing embedded in it. The one that you give, oh God, there is tranquility embedded in it. The one that you give, oh God, surpasses all understanding. And so, Father, we decree and we declare today, oh God, that your peace that comes from heaven, oh God, will be still in our lives. Hallelujah. Will be still in our nation. Mm -hmm. We'll be still in our government. Thank you, we'll Lord. We'll be still mm -hmm. in our church. Thank you, Jesus. Let every storm, Father, come down. Thank you, Lord. Let every storm mm -hmm. be calm down Amen. because of your peace, oh God. Peace be still. Peace be still. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And the saints of the living God shall say, Amen. 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 Praise we God. Thank you, Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Daniel. Praise God. Praise God. When Jesus, in that storm, got up and said, peace be still. The wind ceased and the ocean became calm again. Immediately, everything calmed down. Everything changed. So continue to be in prayer. Be declarative concerning the peace of God. Amen. Remember, it surpasses all understanding. Don't hold back to, well, I can't figure out how sh shouts of peace can change anything. Well, it's beyond what you can figure out. Just go ahead and say it. Go ahead and try it. Amen. You may like it. <laughs> it may be a blessing to you. It will be a blessing to you. So God bless you. The peace of God be with you. The favor of God be upon you. And we look forward to seeing you again next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. God bless you. Have a terrific, terrific rest of the day. We love you. God bless.